Drought? What drought? The big fear in the world of water management is that this big gulp of wet weather will lead some Californians to think that the drought is dead. Politicians from President Donald Trump to Oklahoma Republican Senator James Inhofe, who displayed a snowball on the Senate floor to disprove global warming, deliberately try to conflate climate change with weather. In case we have forgotten, because we keep hearing that 2014 has been the warmest year on record, I asked the chair, you know what this is? It's a snowball. But this is not the equal to that. And one rainy season is not California's last real rescue from drought. In a few weeks, the state's Department of Water Resources will be sending out its new water-saving messages. And Nikki Woodard, who's the number two in the Public Affairs Office, assesses how her department can navigate around that waterlogged state of mind. It has been raining like crazy. It has been snowing like crazy. How on earth do you tell people there's still a drought and they still need to save water? That's a good question, Pat, and we get that question a lot here at the Department of Water Resources. So yes, while our snowpack right now is about 140% of average for this time, that's our reservoir, and we want to preserve as much water in the system as we possibly can. In California, we have such a variable climate that we never know when the next drought's around the corner. We're still recovering from a major four-year drought that was quite devastating in parts of the state. So we never know when those conditions are coming back, and we can all work together to keep that water in the bank. Do you think there's anyone who's lived in California for more than six months who doesn't know that we have, a, have had a prolonged state of drought and are still facing it? Oh, I'm sure there are people who just either didn't know that we had a long drought or didn't feel the effects of it. We have one of the most variable climates in the world. It can rain like we've been seeing this intense month of February of massive amounts of rain, and then it can go dry for years. And that dry period, we deplete our groundwater reservoirs, we deplete our reservoirs that we see, and it gets really scary. And we need to do all that we can to keep those reservoirs healthy, whether we can see them or not. I recently was in the car, and I live in Sacramento, and one of the music radio station hosts came on was talking about how much rain we're getting and how much snow in the mountains. And this is great news because he's going to water his lawn every day this summer. And I did just kind of cringe a little bit because we're trying to get people to understand that it's not when you receive water, when the conditions are great and we have a super water year like we're shaping up to have right now, it doesn't mean you turn off your wiser self that tells you to hold back a little bit on watering your lawn every day. And so hearing messages like that on the radio, it does bum me out because I know they have a reach. The Save Our Water program and California's local water agencies thank Californians for all you've done to conserve our most precious resource during this historic drought. Let's keep up the effort. I've been looking at the Save Our Water campaign and pages, and it has a lot of messages about water conservation, but this seems passive in the sense of people have to look for you to look for this information. What do you have that's going out to people that they're going to hear on the radio, they're going to see on television or read in the newspaper, whether they're looking for it or not? 
Save Our Water over time has done ad campaigns throughout the state. With the water that we've been getting from Mother Nature this year, we've taken a pause on that. Come later in the spring, you can expect to see a new campaign coming out that is going to focus on saving water for a rainless day. We hope to do some radio and social media campaigns that will get this information into the eyes and ears and minds of Californians up and down the state. Are you holding off on those because it has been a very rainy season? In the past, the Save Our Water campaign tends to do an ad campaign in the fall and then another one in the spring. So the last campaign we did was pushing out the mantra of making conservation a habit. And that was a pretty fun campaign where we focused on California's kind of unique style and how conservation fits into that unique style of Californians. But coming in the spring, we're going to focus on the why, why it's important to keep being water wise, even when it's raining. What are some of those ads or messages that play on our lifestyle? One of the ads that comes to mind on social media is someone sitting on a washing machine with roller skates on and wildly striped socks. Oh, the Linda Ronstadt shot. The message was playing up the uniqueness of Californians and our approach to life and pairing that up with conservation as part of the California lifestyle. Have you brought focus groups in to find out what works and what doesn't? We have worked with focus groups in the past. In the future, we will look to do some focus groups on what can inspire water conservation and smart water use, even when it's raining, because hopefully this trend continues, the rainy trend. I did hear that one result from focus groups is that people are beginning to balk at the word conservation, that it may convey a sense of mandate or compulsion. There is some truth to the idea that conservation connotates the required measures. So looking ahead, we are shifting in terms of our messaging away from the word conservation and, again, emphasizing people's agency in this and the importance of being smart and making smart choices. April showers bring California native flowers. With spring in full swing, it's time to kickstart your outdoor projects by fixing leaks, adjusting sprinklers, and planting California-friendly plants. The Save Our Water program and our state's local water agencies thank Californians for all the work you've done in your yards and encourage you to continue making water-smart changes to your landscape. Is the hardest message, the hardest mind to change the one that says, I want a lawn, I need a lawn, even if I never set foot on it? Green is a beautiful color. We love our lawns because we're enriched by the color green. It's the reason we go to the mountains. But if people can be open to seeing the beauty, I think that they'll make the transition to implement a re-landscaping project on their beautiful green lawn. It really does save a massive amount of water. A thousand square foot lawn in Southern California uses about 35,000 gallons of water in a year, depending on how the irrigation system set up. If that entire 1,000-square-foot garden went to low-water plants, they could use 12,000 gallons or less in a year, which is pretty incredible. I have a drought-tolerant landscape out front in my yard, and the biggest benefit to me is less maintenance. So instead of watering my lawn to then spend my weekends mowing the lawn, I may pick a few weeds a few times throughout the summer. I've got different colors of flowers blooming at different times all kinds of birds and insects coming to pollinate. 
Have you broken down to find out, is there a demographic group that's better or worse about this? Older people better or worse? Women, men better or worse? Anecdotally, younger age groups are more willing to accept change. And by younger, I think that's anyone under 50. Although my parents, who live in Visalia, they recently relandscaped with an artificial lawn because they couldn't quite get rid of the green, but they did want to reduce their water use. They love it. They love not having to take care of it, but they can still do everything they want. Outside, they play bocce ball and the beanbag toss. Charitable organizations know about a phenomenon called compassion fatigue. Is there drought messaging fatigue? Do you find that people just don't want to hear it anymore? I do worry that people are tired of hearing the message, especially to conserve. And they've been hearing that message and they associate it with drought. The message we want to share with Californians is it's not just conserving water for drought. It's about changing our approach to how we use water. We like to talk about dry conditions rather than drought because in the rest of the country, there's a tool called the U.S. Drought Monitor. And it measures a drought differently than how we do in California. And most of the rest of the United States, they receive water throughout the year, even in the summer, which is just not the case with us. So we have a little bit of a different relationship with precipitation here in California, and drought is measured differently. And it's hard to draw the line of when we enter into a period of drought. That's why we tend to just talk about it in terms of dryness, because this is just a just a fact of life in California. In the 1980s, there were humorous messages, at least here in Southern California, having to do with flushing and water wasting. One of them was, poo do, pee don't. <laughs> and another was, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down. The upstairs bathroom was on El Fritzo, so we're all going to have to share this one for now. And since there's a water scarcity on the island, we kind of abide by the, if it's yellow, let it mellow. If it's brown, flush it down policy. Oops, forgot my own rule. So how about using humor as a tool for your messages? We try to keep the messages playful, but in this day and age with social media, people can get pretty vociferous if they don't agree with how you're saying something. I think that that's a little bit tired at this point, and so I think we're maybe due for another clever playoff off of that You grew up in Visalia, which is in the Central Valley, and one of the great water users is agriculture. What was it like in Visalia when you were growing up? Did people talk about water in the sense of personal responsibility and personal action, or was it all big scale? I actually lived on eight acres of oranges and was surrounded by larger farms with oranges and was always told that oranges are one of the lower water users. I think farms across that region are really doing a lot to implement new technologies. Growing up in the Central Valley, I remember hearing on the radio at one point, probably around 2015, that wells in East Porterville were going dry, like hundreds of wells, and people were having to take bucket baths to bathe because they didn't have running water. And it reminded me of what I experienced when I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Guatemala that's when I really learned how precious water is and how not to take it for granted that you're just going to get water out of your tap. For those two years, I, on average, probably received about 20 minutes of running water a day. 
which I had to capture in a large barrel. And that's what I had for the next 24, sometimes 48, sometimes 72 hours. So I kind of made it a game of how long I could stretch the water. (laughs) And I know, you know, having done that, that we as Californians, it wouldn't be, it doesn't have to be that extreme, but there are lots of ways that we can stretch water. And it's just about really recognizing the value of water and how precious it is and stopping to take it for granted. We're lucky that it comes out of the tap and we can reliably turn the faucet on and off, but others around the world are not so lucky. And it just really is a precious resource that we should all be good stewards of. If I were to ask you what pains you personally to see as you're driving down the street, driving down a road about water usage? Oh, the thing that pains me the most is seeing water just careening down the sidewalk or in the curb, down the gutter, through to the storm drains. It makes my blood curdle. Thanks so much. Thanks, Pat. Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's edited and engineered by Mike Heflin. The Fortunes Sang on Capitol Records. Handel's Water Music is from the Classical and Baroque Music Library. The Mellow Yellow Movie Moment is from the Universal DreamWorks film Meet the Fockers. And the Snowball Moment is from C-SPAN. Subscribe to Pat Morrison Asks and never miss a podcast.